0: You know, uh, just everything that we've done so far this season, you know, going into uh, Michigan State. Ever since I can remember, uh, I've been watching this game, I've been cheering on Michigan. You know, growing up in the state of Michigan, my whole life, you know what I'm saying? My dad was always, you know, a Michigan fan growing up. Obviously, the kind of questions that answer themselves.
1: Well, Good afternoon. Dennis Fithian here with this uh, afternoon live. We're ready to get things uh, underway here on this Wednesday, the 27th, as we look forward to. Let's be honest. We're all just uh, counting down the the minutes here until we get to Saturday at noon. Where it'll be number six versus uh, number eight. A lot of times, a lot of people coming out with these. I've seen it on the news. First time these two teams will meet. When they're both 7-0 and first time in 57 years that these two teams will meet when they are top 10 opponents. And if you look back there at that 64 game, it was, uh, I think, uh, four games into the season. And Michigan ended up winning that one 17-10. So, hey, you know what? 57 years on. Let's uh, see it happen again out there at uh, Spartan State. I'm sorry, the the woodshed coming up uh, on Saturday. Up there in uh, East Lansing. Coming up, you know, you you heard there at the outset, uh, Blake Quorum, Ryan Hayes, Josh Ross, and of course Jim Harbaugh, with the uh, the answer that he had for a couple different questions in his news conference on Monday. Those are the questions that answer themselves, not a riddle, not a uh, not an answer, uh, a rhetorical statement, question there by uh, Jim Harbaugh on how big of a game this is, how it affects recruiting, just how much you got to get this done. If you, know, you got your eyes on the prize, uh, which the prize in this case is uh, Indianapolis and on. And I, I think that's the, you can uh, uh, you know break it down into chunks and say specifically, yeah, just Michigan state. And that's what they're doing. But you know, the prize is Indy and beyond. And if we start talking about beyond, of course we know what that is. So. We'll uh we'll talk about this uh, game coming up, the rivalry, couple matchups, some numbers in there. I'll let you hear the rest of that sound. Uh, the Joel Klatt is going to be up in the press box along with Gus Johnson and the All American girl Jenny Taft will be down on the field as the Fox crew uh, will have the broadcast. Joel Clad had some thoughts on um, the Michigan quarterback situation, and I'll play those and and you know see if he's on point or not. We've got the. Um, memorabilia minute and the Michigan recruit recruiting spotlight to get to as well. And if you're somebody that's taken in this for the first time this week, just know that coming up uh, on Monday, I'll have some video to accompany the podcast, which you're listening to right now. And I'll try to zero in and, and do that at the same time every day. So, uh, uh, ready to get things underway. Excited about that coming up on um, Monday, and um, yeah, when it comes to that recruiting spotlight, a little change in in the numbers that uh, I'll talk about. But this, uh, you know, you, you sit here midday, you, you've been listening to people talk about what they think is going to happen. You know, you know it's point spreads, four and a half. You know, some of those uh, you know, superlatives about these two teams meeting with neither team have a loss, uh, all that's good. It just, you know, it has the anticipation, you know, it, it really can't be any higher uh, considering, you know, on the state side, you get it, you know, like they, um, I I thought that they were going to win five games this year, you know, and here they are, they've already uh, blown past that, you know, and Mel Tucker in a second year, got to give it up to him. You know, he's the guys that, uh, you know, he's brought in, it all speaks for itself there. Now on the Michigan side, now, this, it, it, it happened during the bye week for me. Like, you know, they're ticking off these wins. You know, hey, Western, nice, nice job coming out and, and, you know, scoring almost 50 points. And then the night game against Washington, uh, the, the ground and pound game. Uh, I was impressed. I was impressed uh, with Michigan and wondering, like, hey, can they, can they get a little bit of a pass game going? You, you saw the, you know, the nearly 90 yarder against Northern Illinois. Rutgers, a very good first half, but then, you know, some, some teeth gnashing for sure. Uh, with the passing game, and overall the offense, all those three and outs. When you you look back at the four three and outs of the second half, including that that run on third and thirteen, where uh, Michigan you know held on and and won that game twenty to thirteen. But they're up twenty to three at the half, and then uh, whiskey. It was good to uh, to see Michigan. They got the flea flicker, which. Uh, is that the play of the year for me? It would either be just right off the top of my head, that flea flicker, or it would be the, the throw across the field that McCarthy had to Baldwin. But you know, with the flea flicker, it, it just felt like, you know, big game on the road, passing game, you know, the run it had been there for him, but you know, can you use the play action? Can you use, which is, uh, it is play action. When you think about a flea flicker, you know, you're running in there. Uh a uh, delayed, uh, play action, but it worked and, and, you know, they, they went for it on their own 35 right out of the gate. And so, uh, you know, what was I getting to just the buildup of this game here, you know? Uh, and then there was Nebraska. Oh, when I, when I really felt like, you know, this season and, and it just happened organically for me, I, I was just trying to stay in the moment, not get, um, you know, too riled up about things that, I think that, you know, Michigan needed to work on enjoying the, the wins as they, as they happen, you know, not blindly just being like, everything's fine. Oh, well, I don't need any of this in the second half. You know, I'd I, I like to I don't know, take those issues and, and talk about them. And I think that, you know, a, a lot of people can, they can, they can, they can take, you know, it's, it's, it's one of these things where a lot of times, like just with the, the passing game for Michigan, like, you can be excited as Michigan was, you know, four and zero, five and 6 and zero, now seven and zero, and be you know super excited. I've been living in the moment about, hey, this has been, you know, very nice and unexpected here for U of M. Let's see what they have in the second half. You know, it's, it's going to be awesome. And at the same time, you can be like, you know what? They're really when when you start, uh, you know, seeing some of the numbers about uh, the uh, yards per attempt for you know for Michigan uh, the last game, and you know, what's, what's it was it four point eight, and thinking, you know what? It, you, you know that that's going to have to be better and you're you can be a little bit concerned about that. You know, it's hard going to handle the uh, emergency situation or the backup quarterback situation. Uh, they need a spark, you know, when he's going to actually do that. If he does, we know he's going to get talking about McCarthy, some play anyways uh, coming up on Saturday. So uh, you can be, whether you're going to say worried, uh, uh excited, just wondering how that's going to play out and, uh, and and then also also really enjoy and and, and anticipate a, a fantastic game coming up on Saturday. All those things. I mean, you can do you can do both. And you know you know when it comes to questions, yeah, you know you you can see both sides, but ultimately you do have to pick a side and say, okay, this is what I think. You, you don't want to be that fence rider all the time, but when it does come down to the season overall, you can at, at least, oh. Uh, uh, look at both sides of it and then say, is this thing going perfectly and great where it looks like a championship team and this could be, you know, uh, uh, an undefeated season for Michigan? It doesn't look like that for me. Uh, I, I don't think that's their ceiling right now. But do I think the ceiling could be a, a one loss in their remaining games? I, I, that is, That feels like the ceiling to me. Uh, you know, and if I had to pick, you know, the, that Ohio state game, but just think about how, if that was the case, if it did play out like that, Michigan went and beat Michigan state and beat Indiana and then had their two road games at Penn state and Maryland. Are you kidding me? You know, eight, o, nine nine, no, 10, 11 and 0 playing Ohio state at home, you know, and, uh, just like I'll be saying the same thing that week. If that was the case, man, 11 oh, man, this is going to be the most anticipated game since, you know, what was it, uh, 2016, the triple overtime game, or, you know, the Barrett game, or if you want to, uh, you know, go back to 2006, the, the game of the century, right, uh, early in the century, that would be the second game of the century. Uh, wow, you know, you'd, you'd be anticipating. But on the other side, if <laughs> Michigan had uh, – you know, just found a way to win. And, and, you know, you thought that boy, they're not going to. And Ohio State was putting up like 60 points or something. They're putting up 50 now, but they started putting up 60. And Michigan was just fighting, you know, tooth and nail just to find the W's. You, you might be going in and saying, you know what? They've got a shot. And they play their best game. But, you know, it was a long, long way to go to say, enjoy how it's going. And you can still bring up concerns as you do it, but, you know, as we get here and it's midweek and everything else, and I just take a step back and, and, and think about this rivalry myself, somebody, you know, that's, uh, was born in Detroit and from the state of Michigan and you now going to high school in Michigan. And, you know, I, i never thought, you know, Michigan ba- or Michigan state basketball. I, I uh, I, I was more aware of, uh, growing up. I liked like Scott Skiles and, a uh, Kurt man. And, and, and some of those teams, I don't remember magic, uh, with Judd Heath when he was a coach, but you know, the, the Spartans not so much. Like I, I knew they had a football team. I remember Andre Ryzen in a bowl game, making a great catch, but it wasn't until I, I, I didn't take notice of Michigan state football until I was a senior in high school. And then Michigan state won the Rose bowl. And I was like, Oh, I don't like this. Wait a second. This isn't, this isn't how it's supposed to go. What's up with uh, Michigan state doing this? So I I didn't like that. And then a couple of years later, the first year or two in radio going out to Chicago, Bobby Williams, you know, had taken over, Nick Saban had gone to LSU. And I was just getting some sound for the upcoming season, you know, thinking like, uh, okay, let's get a nice preview cut when Michigan plays Michigan State. I said, hey, uh, uh, Bobby, what do you think of the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry? And he got this scowl on his look across the table. And he said, that's a bad rivalry it's a bad rivalry. It's heated. You know, it's, it's contentious. I don't remember the exact word, but he said it was a bad rivalry and I just thought, wow, you know, Bobby Williams, it's not, you know, yeah, I was expecting, I didn't know what I was, I was expecting more of a, yeah, you know, it's backyard brawl bragging rights, all those things. But you know, he definitely had a position of no way, you know, no way. And I, and I remember that was it 99 nine, uh, two. it might've been even 2001 all the way through. So maybe this was later on that I was asking about the rivalry because uh, Bobby Williams, there was the the, the calls like the, uh, uh, the holding call and then how quickly the ball got snapped there in that 2001, the smoker to ducket play. And I Bobby Williams like we got Michigan skates got no problem with the officiating. Absolutely not Spartan you know, The foam finger that Spartan Bob was up there. Apparently and was supposed to be stopping the clock and everything. But Bobby was like, no, we got no problem with any of that. But you know, yeah, you, you you keep going on, and you know the anticipation of of this year's game is so white hot, and you know you're used to you know just some of the barbs back and forth, and you know all, all that between the you know the uh, to the to the fans and everything. But when you get it to, to, to this point, and and you look back and what what the the D'Antonio Mike Hart little brother stuff, and D'Antonio using that as fuel and using that like the chip on his shoulder the entire time. I mean, that, uh, that was, you know, for, for D'Antonio, he would have found something else, but he kept pushing all the chips on the table going against Michigan. And obviously he had success there. And, uh, you know, I started at, at around D'Antonio getting in there, you know, working with a lot of Spartans and then them having success, man, it, And it was like, man, they wanted to get in on your, your last nerve and just drive your emotions to hatred. Like, you know, I I like the, the rivalry part. I like some smack talk. I, I like, you know, like evaluating both teams, going back and forth, any of that, you know, I, you know, mix it up a little bit, see where your, see where your game's at, see where your verbal game's at. Let's spar, let's go, let's do it. But, you know, MSU, you know, it doesn't even have to be the name calling, but they, it, it's like, you want to drive the emotion of uh, state fans and you want to, you want to get into animosity. It reminds me a little bit of that, uh, that guy with the hood on the old dude in the Star Wars, uh, the, the emperor uh, Pel- Palpatine, Emperor Palpatine, you know, when he would go to the the hate, yes, you know Luke would be down there. No, let the hate bubble up to the surface, and, and it reminds me when you get to this week, man. When you're dealing with people, especially in, in radio, where you know you want that, you know, back and forth and that nastiness. And man, state fans, like you know, they uh, for for years and, and maybe still are. You know, they were just clamoring, like notice us, respect us, and you know, they would win again. Michigan would be like, no. We're not we're noticing you. And, and then they went to two or whatever it was throughout or whatever it was over the 10 year. I think it was eight out of 10 at one point that Antonio. had. So, you know, clearly they uh, had earned some uh, respect there on the field, but man, you know, it as well as I do, Michigan, maybe a former Michigan players, certainly the fans would be like, you little brother, you guys don't deserve anything. And it's still like, are you kidding? No, no respect, nothing. But then state fans, you know, if they wanted to, I would deal with some of them it's like, you know, they wanted you to get drive you down to your knee and just say, you know, praise us. That's like, you know, so it's, uh, it's hot. It's hot this week, you know? And I I just know when it gets where you're on the other side and then it gets to be multiple years where, you know, you, the the, uh, emotions, you know, bubble up to the surface and everything, you know, there are times where uh, I would enjoy or relish a Michigan state loss as much as uh, I was, uh, you know, a Michigan win. Now everybody's, uh, you know, undefeated here, but like if Michigan had a couple losses in the season and so did the Michigan state, you know, like uh, a, a win's great and a win's always great, you know, on the Michigan side, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's some fans and there are some times in some years where I get it. Like you know, they'll say, are you worried about Michigan? Or are you worried about Michigan state? And like, now, I'm enjoying and I'm enjoying, uh, relishing uh, a Michigan State loss sometimes. And this week, there, there are two things that, you know, I look at, I, I don't have a lot to, you know, look at the team. And, you know, it's not like I'm going to dog Kenneth Walker or something and, and Mel Tucker, although, you know, needling Michigan State a little bit about Mel Tucker, maybe jumping ship and going to LSU, carpet bagging. you know, he's been on the move left and right. Just look at him you know, look at the last 10 years and, you know, he's been here, he's been there. He doesn't stay long. You know, I I don't think he's buying, you know, he's rent all those things. And so I think that's a, that's a good one to, to needle MSU fans are uh, on. And the other one is, uh, is Ponashuk, you know, the Ponashuk brothers, however long it's been here, it seems like it's been 10 years, but I don't know. What's it been? Eight, six, eight years. And, you know, both of them on the defensive side. And you know what? They, in this game, uh, both of these guys uh, are, you know, what do you want to call them if you want to be nice, edgy players? But if you want to, you know, like, if you call them dirty. The Pontiacs are dirty and, you know, they'll do things that will, will draw an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. If I had to put the uh, over and under, on unsportsmanlike conduct, you know, the first player that anybody would pick on Michigan State would be Ponishev, even Michigan State fans. So, yeah, Ponishev's dirty, and Mel Tucker's uh, Bolton LSU. I mean, those are the two things to, to get after Michigan State fans uh, in my mind. So, all right, uh, there you go. That's at least on the on the rivalry side. Some of the matchups that I was thinking about uh, as I, uh, I I get into it uh, a, a little bit, you know, Blake Corum was asked what it would mean to get a win on Saturday. What did Blake Coram say? What would it mean to get a win on Saturday?
0: It would mean a lot to me. You know, uh, just everything that we've done so far this season, you know, going into uh, Michigan State and you know, beating them in their stadium, it would mean a lot. I think it will take our season to uh, another level.
1: It would take the season to another level. if Michigan got to uh, 8-0, and and who knows, uh, you know, when you you get four teams to get into the college football playoff and you get to 8-0 and you're number six of the seasons, you know, uh, now uh, into November, well, that's where the championships are won. So, yeah, I mean, it is going to be however you want to springboard or into, into November. I, I think that's accurate, all of that. But, you know, the the matchups, the more you, know, you get closer to the, the game here, not knowing about the injury status of Michigan's interior offensive linemen Zach Zinter and Trevor Keegan, uh, ends up feeling like a uh, a pretty big deal. I did see that Roman Wilson had you know five snaps in the game against Northwestern. Uh, that's good that he was able to get a little bit of burn and run, so you feel good about him uh, potentially being back up to uh, full speed against the Spartans, but you know Zinter, their best offensive lineman, and Keegan, who's been coming around here. And then when you look at the strength of the Michigan State defense, with their depth, and what they have. It's the interior defensive line. So uh, your best offensive lineman. You're talking about the two guys on the inside that have been your starters, and that's where MSU strength. That 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 feels like a pretty big uh, deal on uh, the health of Zinter and Keegan, if Michigan is going to end up winning this game, and if it. Whether you're talking about pass protection or running the ball, which you know that Michigan is going to do. The guys that have been in there with Barnhart and however it's worked out uh, on the inside, replacing those guys, uh, you know, you're having your best guys. It speaks for itself. speaks for itself. Like, what what does Harbaugh say? Obviously, the kind of questions that answer themselves. Yeah, that one does answer itself. Like, would you rather have your your best offensive lineman and your, your two starters? Against Michigan State, or are you going to go with the back? Obviously, quick kind of questions that answer themselves. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I got that one. Uh, you know, f- as far as the defensive backs go, when you think about Jaden Reed and Jalen Aylor, what they've been able to do with big plays for the Michigan State offense, and the and the potential of um, of being able to get to you know those those big plays and play action if Kenneth Walker is doing well. We'll Get to him in a moment, but Vincent Gray, Jamon Green, and DJ Turner you know, I feel the best that I have about the Michigan corners since last year's opener that was, uh, against Minnesota, you know, they had Rashad Bateman and, and you know, you, you had to think about, you know, what were they going to do with the defensive backs? I mean, how was that going to end up, uh, playing out? Uh, they didn't have any experience there and they did a good job, but then the rest of the season last year, I, I don't think they did, but you know, so far this year, I, I feel the best. And, uh, that's going to be a you know obviously a, a matchup to keep an eye on. And then, you know the whether you want to say it's the wide receivers or if it's going to be the running game for Michigan State and Kenneth Walker. And you know, I talked yesterday about hey, Kenneth Walker because definitely Nebraska had schemed stuff up with their running backs coming out of the backfield, catching the ball. Northwestern was doing that with the screen game. I was thinking, you know, I, I listened to Peyton Thorne. I was watching the Big Ten Network know, a week or so ago. Maybe it was during the bye week. And, you know, Thorne is, he's a pretty impressive guy to listen to. You know, you listen to him and you think, you know what, this guy's got it. If, uh, in, in another world, like if, uh, you're in a Michigan fan, you were a Michigan state fan, you'd say, Hey man, this is a guy that you like and you can respect. Um, uh, probably still do that if you're a Michigan fan, but anyways, he was talking about, uh, Walker being as impressive off the field as he, he was on the field. And then uh, on the field, you know, he was talking about, he didn't have any weaknesses and he was talking about his cutting ability and his, his, uh, yards after carry and everything, but and he was also talking about, he's got great hands and, on, you know, considering what Nebraska and Northwestern were able to do against the Michigan defense. I thought, you know, Kenneth Walker, but you know, you look at his numbers here. He had one catch their last time out against Indiana, negative five yards. He's only had five catches on the season for 25 yards. So Maybe that's something that they've got up their sleeves here, but it's not like Walker, even though Thorne said that he could do it, it's not like they've displayed that. It's been, uh, you know, running the ball. But this is the, this is up there. However, you want to rank the matchups, uh, you know, Kenneth Walker against the Michigan defense, you want to go, I'll, I'll just say the Michigan linebackers tackling in space. And the numbers, when you look at, um, the two games where Kenneth Walker was held under four yards per carry. Uh, He wasn't against Rutgers where he went for 233 yards. He went for 126 against Western Kentucky. He had 172 yards against the U. And, of course, in that opener for that first play where he took off on the long touchdown run, 264 yards against Northwestern. His 142.4 yards through seven games. The best average in college football. If you look at the stats though, this week you'll see uh, a Syracuse running back who's played eight games, who is number one in rushing, has over a thousand yards. Sean Tucker, his name is uh, for the Orange. But you look at the two games where where Walker the third was held under four yards. The last time out against uh, Indiana, twenty-three carries, eighty-four yards. One catch for negative five yards. And then against Nebraska, just at a three-two average. 19 carries, 61 yards. No catches. Kind of gonna get a, put a little a circle around that particular uh, uh game right there. If Michigan holds Kenneth Walker under four yards per carry, or 20 carries, 61 yards. And he isn't doing anything in the passing game. I tell you what, I feel pretty good about Michigan's chances. I'd love to know what the his his stat line would be. I wish it was Monday and you could just say, or right, I guess Saturday afternoon around three thirty or four. What was Walker's stat line? If it comes back, what was Walker's yards per carry? If it's under four. I feel pretty good about uh, Michigan's chances. So there you go. That's the stuff uh, of the matchup. Tackling in space. You know, Harbaugh's talking about yards after contact. He is pretty good. You know, the, the one run against Rutgers, I don't know what was that, 87, 90-yard run. You know, he he makes it look easy. We know it's not easy. Good cuts, good vision breaking tackles, but he does, he's got this where it looks effortless. And those, uh, those are, those are signs of a great back when you're doing things and, and to make it look effortless, that's what you want. You know, Blake Corum, this last game for Michigan, he had what? 19 carries for 119 yards, about five of those carries you looked at and You also saw something special there for Corum, like, Making those cuts where you get some like just the ooze and ahs. That's making it look that's just that, that's making it look uh getting some ooze and ooze and ahs when you're just cutting too. That's also good signs that you know you're a special back. So all right, you know, there it is when it comes down to uh the uh, the matchups that I was looking at. Uh let's hear a little bit more from uh, uh two more players. About uh, this matchup. I listened to Ryan Hayes and Josh Ross, and uh, there, there wasn't, look, they're in, what are we going to say, bunker mentality, one game at a time, you know, uh, not giving Michigan State anything or, or anything like that. But uh, Ryan Hayes, Michigan right tackle, number 76, uh, did ask, Oh, I was asked about his, um, Memories of this rivalry ever since I can
0: remember. Uh, I've been watching this game, I've been cheering on Michigan. Some of my family used to be Michigan State fans, but not anymore. I'd always root against them, anyways. So.
1: There you go. He's had a couple people, but not anymore. They're all blue now. Josh Ross, uh, his brother, older brother, he, he followed them to uh, Ann Arbor. And uh, number 12 with the neck roll, uh, Josh Ross, uh, also. Asked about the rivalry. You know,
0: growing up in the state of Michigan, my whole life, you know what I'm saying? My dad was always, you know, a Michigan fan growing up. And I had the privilege of being a little broke to a a UMich alum that played linebacker here, James Ross. Um, Definitely, you know, I always heard growing up of the significance of the rivalry. And I always, you know, I was a Michigan guy. Um, But, you know, getting recruited by both teams, I mean, it is what it is. Like, I'm from Michigan, that's going to happen. But at the end of the day, like, I'm ready to go get it. And
1: uh, my teammates are ready to go get it, and we're uh, ready to play this weekend for sure. I'm ready to go get it. I'm ready to go get it. Sometimes the, sometimes the audio from the players. You don't need a whole lot. Just need a little bit. You know, you, you can hear it in the voice when he's ready to go get it. I got me ready to go as well. All right, um, coming up, I'll give you the memorabilia minute and the Michigan recruiting spotlight. Uh, Joe Klatt, as mentioned, is going to be on the call for this game, along with uh, with Gus Johnson. Uh, here's a little bit what Klatt, if you missed it, had to say about the Michigan quarterback position, and and here is Klatt.
0: America is consistent. He doesn't turn the football over. He gives them the best chance to win, but there's a ceiling on that offense at that point. They need to find somebody special, on the outside that can take the offense above the X's and O's. Um, They haven't had that since Ronnie Bell left this lineup with an injury against Western Michigan. So that's a huge question mark because going down the back end of this season against Michigan State next week or Penn State or Ohio State, any number of these games, what they're going to have to do is throw the football. Somebody's going to take away their ability to run the ball, similar to what Wisconsin did. Now, the commitment to it will help because you can get to play action pass. But at some point, they're going to have to make plays in the passing game. This is why J.J. McCarthy has been brought along during the course of the season, because at that moment, you have to have answers. And if Cade uh, McNamara is not the guy to provide the answer, then you're going to have to insert J.J. McCarthy into the lineup.
1: Whether they do that or not remains to be seen, but at least they have the options. All Uh, right, Joe Klatt. Yeah, this is... You want to say it's a quarterback controversy, quarterback issue, however you deem it. Uh, it's there. As Josh Ross said, the cut before it is what it is. It's like, here it is. You know, you you, you know what's going on. Uh, McCarthy uh, last week, 14 snaps, uh, six against Nebraska, 10 against Wisconsin. Like he's been out there. They, they have a plan. I want to put him in there what did Harbaugh say last week? Yeah, yeah. Is it, he was asked a question? Is it more by feel or is it a plan? And Harbaugh said, "Yeah, it's both. You know, they got a plan, but it's also you're going to do some things. You know, with a feel. Does it have to be trick plays when McCarthy's coming in? Is it something where he's using his legs? If he's a better runner, I would also think about, you know, taking some big shots down the field with him because he's got the the cannon for an arm. So, I You script plays at the beginning of the game. Do you come out in the second half and say, hey, we're we're scripting uh, the start of the game with five plays with with McNamara in here. We're going to go two runs, three pass. Uh, Michigan fans like that. We're going to do the same thing for what we think are McCarthy's five best plays coming out in the second half. And what do I think McCarthy's five best plays are? One is going to be taking a shot down the field. You know what? I also want to utilize he he uh he can use the entire field with that arm. You've seen him over on the right side throw the ball back all the way to the other side of the field. You now get him in a situation where he's firing the ball there where you know defenses don't expect that. You get some play action to the right or something and then you're 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 throwing it back to the left. You know, those are the two pass plays. And again, uh, give me a third one. Give me a third one where you're real comfortable, where, you know, whatever his favorite pass is. Is it. Shooting it down the the left side between the corner and the safety before he can get over there. Whatever it is. I, I think it's the, I think it's Baldwin sprinting down the right side when he just laid that one in there. I th- I think that's his favorite throw. Although. You know, improvising, I don't think there's going to draw it up and say, Hey, you know what, JJ, you just, um, you get some play action, roll out to the right and just, just freelance. I don't, I don't like, I, you know, maybe it'll come have to come down to that, but there you go. Maybe, it's, maybe, uh, a five script for back to five script for, um, for McCarthy to start the second half. It doesn't sound like a very good plan though. You know, script plays do, as long as you, you know, have an option of being able to change the play. Like if, the, you know, say we're, we're, uh, we're scheming something up to get Cornelius Johnson uh, down the field. And, you know, they've got their two safeties as far back as possible. And, you know, you see some kind of bracket, you know, situation. You're not going to be like, okay, let's, uh let's audible out of that one. So I don't know if you got the script plays, you probably do have a, some kind of audible in there to be honest. So, there you go. Well, there was Klatt. Uh, let's get to the memorabilia minute and the Michigan Spotlight, both interesting uh, today. Uh, for the memorabilia side, I, I've been just reaching for memorabilia, which is in arm's length here at the studio. And uh, it just so happens it's just right down here by the uh, the uh, computer. I have a a framed picture of Chris Perry from 2003 talking about the BCS race for the national championship, Michigan gets it done. And there's a great picture at Michigan stadium of, uh, of Chris Perry. And the thing that's not against uh, Michigan state, there's nothing within arm's reach that I could come up with that I thought that it would be against Michigan state, but when I think of Chris Perry and I think of 2003, I do think of the game against Michigan state where Chris Perry had 51 carries. And that might've been up at East Lansing where Perry, the game against Ohio state. I remember he he would get, uh, he felt like he was hurt and the crowd started, you know, chanting his name. And in 2003, you know, Michigan, uh, Uh, they were big 10 champs. They were big 10 champs in 2004. The last time they were big 10 champs, but they were also big 10 champs in 2003. And so if it was 2003 back then, those odd games, 91, 2001, 2003, that would have been up in uh, East Lansing and a 27, 20 Michigan victory. How about Michigan going into that game? The Spartans, we're ranked number nine, Michigan 11. So we almost had a, a uh, November 1st top 10 matchup, 11 versus nine, that close. And we're pretty close to November 1st. And now that I think about it, that may have been the time that I had been November 1st. You know, I was thinking about, I knew I spent a Halloween in East Lansing and I'd never seen that. And this is a little tip for people that are going out uh, for Halloween. If you're thinking, you know what, well, we want to cat. we want to win the Halloween costume. There was, whether it was a, a vibe or whether it just worked back there in 2003 or not in East Lansing, I was up there with an RV. We were an older crew and, but we did head out and, and hit a bar uh, the night before the game, a Halloween weekend there. And I remember heading down the stairs and everybody was dressed up in the Halloween costumes, except us. We'd sitting out having a few drinks or something, but a guy was dressed as the Pope and he won the, he won the night anywhere he went. People just wanted, they flocked to him. They, they, they wanted to be blessed. They wanted to touch him. They just wanted to be around the Pope everywhere he walked and the Pope never said anything. And you know what? I I saw it. And then I just remember going over the restroom and there was the Pope coming down the steps and everything. And I was the same way. I was just like, Hey, Hey, you know, and I think he, like, he blessed me and I always thought, you know what, if there's ever a time when I, when I need it, to try to win a Halloween costume party, uh, however they would go. I don't know. It worked. It worked then. I, I saw it. We all were uh, very impressed by it. I mean, it was the full thing in you know, a big hat, white gown, and I think he even had some rosary beads and a cr- baby. I, I don't remember that part. It was a long time ago, 2003, a long time ago, but I just remember how impressive he was at, uh, that downstairs bar in East Lansing. So if you're looking for something over the next couple of days and thinking, I want to, you know, go for the 2003 Michigan state Pope dress up like a Pope and you know, you can get it done. So that's the Michigan minute. It lasted a little bit longer there. That's you know, a podcast. Nobody's telling me to go to break or anything. Meet be the Michigan five minute or the memorabilia five, which it was more like that time. All right. The Michigan recruiting spotlight, this daily feature. And every time I get into the spotlight, I tell you how many commitments Michigan has. And if I look at the show sheet from yesterday and what I've said for the last two weeks, Michigan, 18 commitments, ranked number 17 on rivals. They've got one five-star and four four four-stars. Things have changed in the last 24 hours. Michigan has lost a player, a four-star wide receiver from in-state. Tayshon Trent has decommitted. It has become official. So the tail of the tape right now, Michigan at 17 commitments, one five-star, three four-stars, and they're ranked 18. So they dropped a the spot. They did have 18 commitments and four four stars, and they were ranked 17. Now they have 17 commitments and three four stars, and they're ranked at uh, 18. So I don't know what happened there. I did talk with somebody about the decommitment, and as uh, for people that follow recruiting, they did not seem all that surprised about this, uh, dating all the way back uh, or going all the way back to the summer. Person I talked with was like, yeah, you know, there was there was something there. Uh, where it was going to be a situation where it, it it just didn't look like it was going to happen all the way back to the summer. Now, I have not been making calls. I have not been making calls on recruits. Just I have been over the last week or so since I've started doing the Michigan recruiting spotlight. And so that might be if you're somebody that follows the recruiting game, like, yeah, duh. You know, we, we knew that Trent wasn't going to be part of this class for uh, for months. Where you been? Well, I just tell uh, those of you that, you know, listen to the recruiting spotlight here for the, for the for the first time or whatever and saying, yeah, we've known this for a very long time. You know what? 95% of the people did not know this. You know, if you follow recruiting, you follow it all and you know everything. It's the one thing about recruiting. You get into it. And ninety-five percent—I mean, even Michigan fans don't know what's going on. They might know, you know, hey, Will Johnson's the five-star; he's excited, hoping to get his teammate. You know, you, you might know some of the, you know, the bullet points, but the rest of it, I mean, ninety-five percent of us don't like. And I'm a Michigan fan; I follow Michigan, but now I'm I'm covering them closer, and obviously, getting into the recruiting. And I like to have fun with recruiting. That's the—that's my number one. Uh, objective with it is to try to bring some fun because it is fun to follow. And uh if I didn't know it, most of the people didn't know it uh either. So if you did know it, I, I give you just you know stay with me. Hopefully one time in the spotlight uh a week the real recruiting gurus and fans of it will listen and say hey, you know what 15 had something that I didn't know. If you knew like you know it, the the Taishan, Trent Decommitment, if that came, is no surprise to you at all. All right. So, uh should I bring a guest on? You know, make some – I think, you know, Friday I have to bring somebody on. I mean, I can sit here and talk about Michigan and Michigan State and everything that uh, I think, but, you know, mixing it up. I might have to I'm just going to get to the phone. Start – who am I going to? Boom. Let's do it. Uh I'll do that. All right, um so this afternoon live. Thanks for for joining me. We'll do it again tomorrow and Friday and looking forward to Monday when we open up on the video side. It's going to be an exciting time putting everything together. This has been more of like what I would say a soft what do they call that uh the rest, soft open. This is a soft launch, relaunch. Uh, for my podcast and, and some exciting things coming Monday when I when I put the video on there. Or you can sit in and watch me in action during the live every day. And you know the studios I've been working on the studio a little bit and uh, you know I like where it's at. I've got a nice little pumpkin. And I'm sitting right up here and I will keep the little pumpkin in there. Maybe get a little candle in there is what I need. And uh the best part will be the the memorabilia minute where I can actually show you the piece of memorabilia. I can talk about it, but I can show it to you as well. All right. Thanks for listening. Dennis in here. This has uh, been the afternoon live for uh Wednesday this twenty-seventh. See ya. All oh. right.